Spearfishing attacks are becoming increasingly sophisticated, and while these attacks are often successful because they exploit human weaknesses, experts say technology must play a more leading role in helping reduce institutions' risks. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten, an executive editor at Information Security Media Group. In this second part of a two-part panel discussion about emerging spearfishing schemes and methods, panelists Dave Jevons of online security firm Marble Security, Daniel Cohen of security firm RSA, and Doug Johnson, Senior Vice President of Risk Management Policy for the American Bankers Association, share their perspectives about the direction the industry is and should be taking to mitigate the risks. Doug and Daniel, can you tell us why organizations are still focusing so much attention on securing the perimeter and why doing so could leave significant gaps in security? You know, people think that their perimeter is hard. They, they spend more time thinking about that than not, as opposed to anomaly detection like we've decided or discussed. But there's also attention paid to segregation of systems, which is an extremely difficult prospect as well. And so the scenario that you just indicated is, is something that you know we need to be mindful of in, in terms of being able to, to come in through, for instance, an HR system with an infected word file and all of a sudden end up in a point of sale system or something like that. Okay, well, um, there's some anomaly detection that can occur there in terms of, of why that path was taken by that particular individual or otherwise. And that's maybe you know the, the piece that is missing because there's some feeling that somehow we've got that effective segregation between systems, which is so difficult to do. Yeah, and, and also to add to Dave's list about the eroding perimeter, the concept of the Internet of Things, which we kind of mentioned when we spoke about mobile, but you know the Internet of Things, all these devices that are coming online, also increasing you know the attack surface, be it you know home appliances, be it our cars that are connecting, you know all these devices that are coming online are you know are even further increasing the attack surface. Surface. And the point that they've made is, you know, people are now the perimeter. It's the people, it's the, their identities and their devices that they're using and, and kind of bringing it back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, phishing and, and spear phishing, it works. You know, it gets past this so-called perimeter, this human perimeter. And the solutions that we have to come up with, you know, have to take that into account and, you know, go beyond that to identify these attacks as, as soon as possible. And, and again, using, you know, the growing trend of big data analytics and just looking at these vast amounts of information and data and finding those needles in the haystack. And before we close, I just want to bring the conversation back to specifically some of the things that banking institutions should be doing. Dave, I'm just going to go back to something that you mentioned, and that was this rise of social media and the fact that there's so much information out there about executives today, different places, LinkedIn, of course, comes to mind, that allows attackers to wage these spear phishing attacks. From a financial institution perspective, what should banks be doing to not only educate their employees but also their executives about ways that they can help to protect themselves from being victims of these types of attacks? My recommendation for financial institutions is to have regular training sessions, typically twice a year. They don't have to be long, drawn-out things. You could certainly do them in small groups of people as well, but highlighting that FI employees are under attack, these are targeted attacks. People should be wary, particularly folks in the IT department and folks who are executives should be wary about what is posted to their social profiles, what's posted to public profiles, although many bad guys can figure out who your friends are and fish them and get in and see your full profile, and to be checking about what type of emails are coming in and really effectively not clicking on attachments, for example, not giving out passwords online. I mean, these are simple advice, but they're worth doing. One thing that we've also found to be effective is perhaps once a year for internal IT to launch a targeted attack themselves against employees 
that, for example, looks like, you know, update your firewall rules or what have you. And then when people click on it, you take them to a page that says, you know, this is what a spear phishing attack could look like. This was a, you know, preemptive warning educational thing, but don't be clicking on those things. Daniel, what about from your perspective? Do you think there are areas where banking institutions could make improvements? I think Dave pretty much covered it in terms of education and training. The one thing that I would add is, you know, we're seeing also this convergence of information security and fraud. And one of the things, you know, that I find important within, you know, the banking security teams is there is a certain lack of communication when it comes to the fraud teams and the information security and infrastructure security guys. And one of the things I usually talk about is, you know, the need to increase communication within these different teams. We're seeing these attackers today. At the end of the day, they're interested in, in credit cards. You know, they're fraudsters, yet they're mounting these very sophisticated attacks like the retail breaches that we saw earlier this year. And so my recommendation would be come together, better communication, you know, better information and intelligence sharing between the different teams because, you know, there is this convergence that is happening between, you know, the fraudsters and the advanced attackers and, and the way they carry out their attacks. If I could just chime in there, Tracy, for, for one second on that point, because I think, um, once again, it's a, it's a very good one because it's one that the uh, regulatory agencies and Treasury have been focusing on as well. Just in, within the last couple of weeks, for instance, we've had conversations both with FinCEN here at ABA as, as well as with the terrorist financing portion of, of Treasury, and their very um, narrow interest was um, to what degree do we have the cybersecurity and the, the fraud investigations folks uh, and the ANL folks actually having a, an integrated unit or, or at the very minimum having a, an effective means of communication between each of those units to the extent that it isn't a financial investigations unit of some sort. And so I think that's going to be something that's going to be also of an increased attention uh, within uh, the regulatory agencies and, and Treasury. And so Frankly, I think if we, for good business reasons, accomplish essentially what uh, Dan was suggesting, what we've done is, is we've effectively demonstrated to our regulatory agencies that we understand the need for, for that effective communication across those various portions of the institution because it makes good business sense. Now, this isn't about regulation. This isn't about compliance. It's about you know, essentially uh, protecting customers and protecting the bank. You know, and I'll, I'll just chime in with one last thought, which is, to your point that, you know, these attacks are multi-channel, if you will. They're sophisticated. They often take place over long periods of time. It's not a, a two-day phishing attack. These attacks can take six months sometimes to slowly build up. It's a chess game. And unfortunately, the only person who can see the board are the bad guys many times. So that, that cross-functional drive for information sharing is fantastic. I'd also suggest on education that IT and AML teams, et cetera, all need education on this broader picture. For example, when we think about um, anti-phishing, most of the conversation has been, well, IT email delivery folks implement SPF or sender ID and DMARC to stop consumers from receiving phishing emails. Well, there's a whole other side of it, which is implemented internally to stop people from spoofing being from your own internal IT department sending emails to your own employees. And that level of education has a long way to go inside of the financial institution's IT departments. Yeah, that's a great point, Dave. Thank you. Again, I'd like to thank all of you for your time today and good thoughts here on the panel. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Doug Johnson of the ABA, Daniel Cohen of RSA, and Dave Jevons of the Anti-Fishing Working Group. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.